Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. The Bible says, let the redeemed say so. So it's important to have faith and confess with our mouth. Let the redeemed say so. So every day you need to learn how to speak to yourself and to your family what the Word of God say. So I'm going to do that from now on. If I don't forget, I will try to do every Sunday that we're going to say something about our life from the Word of God. Not from my own idea, but from the Word of God. So today we're going to say this scripture together, Proverbs 13, 21. I'm going to read from New Living Translation. Trouble chases sinners. Why blessings reward the righteous. Everyone stand up, please. And let's say to ourselves. The Lord. Bless me. His blessings. Chase after me. Because I'm a righteous person in Christ. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can sit down. (laughs) So we're going to read different scripture. You want to write it down. You can quote all this scripture and speak to yourself. Every day you wake up, you remember you are righteous and the blessing will reward you. Amen. Praise God. Today we want to deliver the message about love. Even though we talk about love, but it's quite heavy sermon because... You need to change your life after you listen to this sermon. I don't like to go around the bush. I don't like to come in with a goodie and sweet to make you happy. I want to give you steak every Sunday so that you will be strong. Amen. Romans chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Romans chapter 16, verse 26. But now make manifest and by the prophetic scriptures make known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. Faith and obedience are connected. They cannot be separated. Whenever faith is mentioned, it also comes with obedience. A lot of people misunderstand that, oh, I learn about faith in order to pray to God, to get something from God. Faith is more just than asking, but faith is about obedience. How does God know that you believe in him and you have confidence in him? God knows by looking at how you respond to what he say. If you really have faith in God, if you really have confidence in God, you shall obey what he tells you to do. And what he say in his word. If we believe in the word, we shall do it. I have been a Christian for 30 something years. And this is the way I live. Since the first day I received Jesus Christ, I decided that I'm going to believe in the word of God. I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to do what he say, no matter what man say about me. I'm going to obey the word because I have faith in God. The Bible say, Don't throw pearls to pigs or swine. Why we don't throw pearls to the swine? Because 
the swine have no ability to appreciate the precious things. You don't give expensive watches to two years old son or daughter because your little children cannot throw that expensive watch on the ground and laugh about it. They don't have the ability to value the precious things. God is smart. God is very wise. It's very unwise to give precious diamond ring to the two years old kid. God is very wise. He wants you to grow up. And in order for you to grow up, He needs to give you precious revelation, understanding, and directive teaching. He's going to look at you and see how you respond to the original teaching you received last week. Are you yawning while you are listening to the sermon? Are you falling asleep while you're listening to the sermon? Are you sending text message while you are listening to the sermon or not? If you don't care, you don't see the value of the Word of God, He cannot give you more. He's going to have to back off and let you become baby for the rest of your life. But if you want to grow up, you're going to value His things. His Word is valuable. We're going to see the importance of the Word of God, we receive it by faith, and we begin to do it, practice it, and get the job done for Him. And as you are that kind of Christians, He's going to reveal more revelation to you. He's going to show you more truth, and you shall grow more. You can become strong and start to practice the Word of God and go out to do good to other people, and many people shall be blessed through your life. I don't want to play game with God. I want to be 1,000% Christians. Therefore, I want everything that God wants to teach me. I want to be pigs that throw pearls into the mud. Amen? Everyone say, God's word is precious. Today, we want to talk about love. And the introduction is to make sure that you listen to this teaching carefully because the word of God is very precious. Today, we want to talk about the commitment of love. The level of commitment reveals the degree of love. There is no true love without commitment. I would like to ask teenagers to stand up. Who are teenagers in this room? Stand up. Can you say with me, teenagers? Teenagers, say with me. There is no true love without commitment. Amen? Sit down. This is a vital truth in the Bible. The reason I need to get teenagers to stand up because you may be deceived by a lot of people that come around you and say, I loved you. How do you know a person loved you? When you see the commitment. The word love is one of the most abused Word, one of the most twisted and confusing concepts that man practice. Even though love is one of the most precious fact and need of mankind. Love is the universal need of mankind. Everyone needs love. And love is the solution to mankind for every problem. Love is not a feeling. Love is a person. And that person is God. God is love. And as a Christian, because we are the love child of the love God, we need to understand the true meaning of love and how to walk in love from God's perspective. 
In order to know the true love, we need to know our true God. The more we know the true God, the more we can understand the true love, and we can love Him in a biblical way, and we can love one another in the right way. Loving God and loving people is the most important things on earth. Here, the Bible says we have faith, love, and hope, and love is the greatest. Love never fails. Therefore, this kind of teaching is important that help Christian to understand how to walk in the way of divine love. Amen. Love has been used in a very wrong way. People say, "I love pizza. I love my dog. I love my golden fish. I love my car." And sometimes you meet a person. The first day, you just meet that person maybe at the shopping mall, and before that person leave, he will say bye bye to you by say, "Love your man." He just say, "Love you, man," but you don't even know him. How many people come sometime on the phone and talk to somebody, and before you hang up the phone, "I love you," to even the people who call you try to sell you something. You just I loved you because it's a culture to say I love you, I loved you, but you don't really mean it. So we have to be careful to use the word love. Without commitment, there is no true love. John chapter fourteen verse fifteen: If you love me, this is what Jesus said. Keep my commandments. If we truly love God, we will be committed to Him. We will keep. His commandments. We will do what He say. If you truly love your wife, you will be committed to your wife. If you truly love your husband, you will truly love your husband. When a man and a woman live together without marriage, they don't truly love one another because there is no commitment in staying together in the same apartment. In the same room, without commitment. Why, as Christian, when we get married, we have to stand before God and stand before people and give the vow of covenant or commitment, because God considers that love must have commitment as well. Amen. A lot of people like just to stay together, don't want to sign a marriage certificate. Why? Because they want to just enjoy. The good things of relationship. Why they enjoying it? One of their legs are out the door. Anything bad happen? I'm gone. I'm leaving right now. That is not commitment. They want to leave any time when bad things happen. Therefore, that is not the true love. Nowadays, men and women, whether young or old, will put pressure on one another to have sex out of marriage. And they say, "Let's sleep together. One day I will marry you." Fifteen years later, they haven't married yet. And when something bad happened, when the thrill and the joy of that relationship fade away, he will leave and he will find another girlfriend. That's why young people, you need to be careful because when people come and ask you for something, it doesn't mean he loved you. When somebody come and bug you and pressure you to do something with you, it doesn't mean that he loved you or she loved you. 
Some people say, "I loved you. I need you. I cannot live without you." Do you know what it means? It means that I love what you can do for me. I love how you make me feel. But once you cannot do anything to make them feel good or do something for them, the truth is gone, and they stop loving you because it's about their needs. It's not about loving you. That's why the Bible say clearly, love must come with commitment. If you say, "I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my spirit," and you don't show up to the place you volunteer to get the job done, you just disappear on Sunday. You are volunteer to be usher, but you did not show up. The Lord will know from heaven that you don't love Him, because there is no commitment. Some people don't like to com- be committed. They say, "I love God, but you know, I don't want to go to church. I just want to go to the mountain and look at the beautiful sky. I can feel God in the nature more than sitting amongst the brother and sister in the meeting on Sunday." When people say that, it's obvious they don't love God. They just love themselves. They love the nature more than God. They love hiking more than God. They love golfing more than God because they just enjoy something else. Hebrew chapter 10 verse 25. The Bible says, "Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching." God command us, don't miss the meeting. Try to go to the church meeting as much as you can, and you go there to encourage one another. So, if you truly love God, you're gonna pick going to church before doing something else. You're gonna pick God first. You're gonna choose God first. You're gonna obey Him. You will not play game with Him. Amen. Amen. So that is the sign of love, commitment. If you love the church, I thank God that God called me to start this church long time ago. Because if I don't start this church, I may be backsliding long time ago when I come to America. And because we train our children to love the church, to live for the church, to be committed to the church, we are here every Sunday unless we're out of town. We are committed. It built the character of commitment that we are committed to love God. We're gonna be there. Up or down, we're gonna be in the meeting. We're gonna be in the church service because we love Him. We are committed to Him to be there. He can trust us, Amen. And then we train our children to be committed as well. One day they're gonna be committed to their spouse. They will be committed to their boss, to their job, to their community. Commitment is important. It's a sign of love. John chapter 14, verse 21, the Bible say, "He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him." The Bible say that if we love him, we are committed to him and obey what he say. We're gonna be specially loved by our Father. God gonna give us special favor, and not only that, Jesus gonna manifest Himself to us. What does it mean manifest Himself? I'm gonna explain in a minute here. How is it that some people in the world, for them, God is so real, like me. God is so real to me. 
Why other people say I don't care about God? There is no God. God doesn't exist, and we are living in the same planet Earth. One group of people say God is so real, but another group of people say, "Oh, I don't care about God. I don't think God is real." The reason is that it's a heart issue. When you love God and you obey God, God gonna make Himself so real to you, to the point that you cannot deny Him. But if you have a hardened heart and you come against God, He cannot manifest Himself to you. Do you know why? God can yell from heaven right now, out loud, even louder than the speaker. I love you, and you can all hear the whole world. God can put His face up on the sky, about a thousand miles wide, and speak from heaven. I am the God of Abraham and Isaac. He can, but He doesn't do it. Do you know the reason why that He doesn't do that way? Because He doesn't want to take the real faith and real love out of you. How can we know that you have real faith? How can you know that you have real love? You know real love and real faith by making a choice. When you make a choice to believe in God, even though you never feel Him and you never see Him, and when you make a choice to love Him and obey Him and be committed to Him, even though you never feel Him and your mind may go another way, that is a real faith and real love. Real love and real faith is proven by the choice. If God show up right now in the sky, you cannot do whatever you want. I'm sorry, because you, now you are forced by God. If you don't obey Him, you're gonna be hit by Him. He is so real in front of you in the physical realm. But God allows you to make choice, and the good news is those who make a choice to believe in God, love Him. Committed to Him, obey Him, will have eternal life. We have the privilege to live in heaven for eternity, and have the privilege to live an abundant life. You believe in Him, you obey Him, you committed to Him, even though you never see Him and you never feel Him. But we can see the evidences of God everywhere. When you see, I went to the grocery store to buy flour. And I see flower everywhere. I know God is real. Every morning when I look at my wife Pasada, I look at her face. How beautiful she is! How godly she is! How lovely! How giving! How generous she is! I know this lady does not come from an ape. She was created by God. There is evidence of God everywhere. Amen. Let's turn to each other and say, "You don't come from an ape." God gonna be so real to you. How do you know that you love God? You know by obeying Him and committed your life to Him, and then you can experience His reality. How can He show His reality to us? Actually, every single year, God should become more real to you, more real than the chair you sit on, more real than the air you breathe in, more real than the person that sit next to you. Right now, God is so real to me. How did it happen? Number one, by His tangible presence, God shows up. He show up in your house, 
Show up in your room. Show up in your car. Sometimes when I was changing my clothes in the operating room in order to go home from the surgery suite into the street clothes, the presence of God show up in that room, and I know God is so real. He speak to me. God manifests Himself when He touches, when He feels us, when He heals us. He manifests Himself by showing His goodness, His love, His mercy, His Healing his power in 1987 or 1988, around that time, God cast demon out of me for half an hour. I was in a meeting, and the pastor waved his hand like this. The file of God touched me. At that time, I did not know what happened to me because I did not have knowledge. But now I look back. That day, God cast demon. I was already a pastor. Actually, I was already pastor for 10 years. Demon come out of me like for half an hour after I came out from the floor. I became a new man. God healed me. God knows. I just have experience about the manifest presence of Jesus lately. I share with my care group that for some reason, in the past two weeks, I did not have surgery on Monday and Wednesday. Just blank. Which never happened to me for the past 20 years. I did not have any surgery, surgical cases, which is unusual. I'm a busy neurosurgeon. At the beginning, I thought maybe something wrong with my practice, but God said, "Be at peace, because I love you. I want to manifest myself to you that I love you and I care for you." Because of that, I was able to sleep in for a couple of weeks, which never happened to me for the past 40 years. I have only five hours sleep for 40 years. And because of that, I became sick, and I tried to pray. I command in Jesus' name by the stripe of Jesus, you have to go this sickness. But it did not go until I slept in for two weeks, and the sickness disappeared. I said, "God, now I know why I did not have the cases for two weeks because you want me to learn that I lack sleep and I did not take care of my body for forty years." You see, God manifests Himself through me. He loved me. He healed me. He cared for me. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, "Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world?" God wants to manifest Himself to those who love Him, committed to Him, obey Him. That His presence is gonna be so real to you, and you can. Be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, and this is my real life. I am aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. That why I perform surgery, when I'm walking in the hospital, and I can sense His direction. He tell me what to do. Actually, yesterday just happened. Pastor Da came out to me and say, "I lost two big bottle of Chanel that I bought for the pastor in Thailand. It's on there, and I lost two Chanel perfume." Very expensive, about two hundred dollars. And when she talked to me, the presence of God came upon me and said, "Okay, don't worry about it. I'm gonna show you where they are." I was busy last night. This morning, I woke up and Pastor Da asked me to go get the jacket because of the weather is a little bit cold. I walked in and God told me the presence of God was in that room with me. He told me, "Look at that bag." I pulled the bag out, the Chanel. Perfume bottles are there. So I walk out to her. Are this the one? She said, "Oh yes, thank God. You can be aware of the presence of God." This is why I say God is so real to me. He talked to me. He guide me because 
I walk in commitment with God because I obey His word. Amen. John chapter 14, 15 to 21. I read one more time. If you love me, keep my commandments. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. How many people want God to manifest himself to you? How many people want God to be more real to you this year than last year? Do you know what? Love him, obey him, committed to him. Verses 23 to 24. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He repeats again and again in John chapter 14. So many verses. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Oh, I like to be the house of God. God lives inside me. Wherever you go, the presence of God is with you. You have the special favor, and you have a special grace from God. I'm writing the sermon right now for the camp next year called Great Grace. Oh, I'm so excited to preach this year in the camp. It was so wonderful to learn about how to live in the higher level of God's grace. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. How do we know that we love? We know by looking at commitment. If you love your brother and sister, you're committed to your brother and sister. If you love your spouse, you're committed to your spouse. Amen? If you love God, you're committed to God. Let's look at two more scriptures. First John chapter 3, verse 16. For this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves the world. He did not just send a message to you, I have good feeling about you. He did not yell from heaven and say, I love you. No. He manifests his love by commitment. By sending his only son into the world to die for us. And the son of God, Jesus Christ, loved the father so much and loved us so much that he was willing to lay down his life for all of us. What do we learn from this true scripture? Love comes with commitment and commitment costs us something. It costs us money. It costs us inconvenience. It costs us Time, energy, ability. I noticed one thing about God. He never come to me and say, Son, is it convenient for you to go visit that person right now? He never asked me, is it convenient? He just say, go right now visit that person. She needs help. He needs help. And he say, God, I have commitment. I have a lot of things to do. I have to spend time and money for this thing. And God say, do you love them? Can you be inconvenient for that person? When you love, it may be inconvenient. It may cost you something. He may ask you, can you go to that brother and say sorry? And you say, no, I don't feel like it. Oh, oh no, 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 I don't like that guy. He was not nice to me. But God said, could you please die to yourself and do this unto me? Go and say sorry to that gentleman in the church. 
You know why? Because God loves unity and love, and He doesn't want to have any division in the church. God knows human nature. People take side. If you don't love one another, eventually the church gonna split. Do you love God enough to commit to Him to obey and say, even though I don't feel like it, even though they don't deserve my apology, even though they deserve my slap, I gonna go and say sorry to them. Are you willing, men? To say sorry to your wife and do some good things to her. In your eye, you may say she did not deserve it. Will you forgive your brother and sister when God asks you to do so? And you may think in your heart, no, 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 no. He has not done anything right to me. I'm not going to forgive him. I don't feel like it. We need to come to the point that we know that God loved us first. He died for us, and then we should love him. We should love him more than our feelings. We should love him more than what is going on in our mind. We should love him more than even our own life. Do you know why this teaching is important? I tell you, this teaching is important because it's going to save you a lot of problems, especially young people. I will conclude at the end. If you love God more than your own feelings, more than your own life, more than anything else, even the hormone inside you just keep burning and pushing you to do something, but you say, "I love God, I'm gonna be committed to God. I will obey His word more than what my flesh say." You shall be saved from many, many problems in your life. A lot of people stay in marriage as long as it's fun, but love and commitment will keep you stay in marriage when it's not fun anymore. When trouble come to your marriage, you stay to the end. I thank God that Pastor Dan and I have not divorced each other. We never say we're gonna quit and bail out. We have so many reasons that we can divorce each other in the past 30 years. But we never quit because I and she decided to love one another and committed to one another. There are two reasons only that you can remarry or divorce. Number one, adultery, or two, your spouse died or passed away. Only two reasons that you can remarry or you can divorce: death or adultery. When Jesus was in the Garden of Eden, he said, "If there is any other way." Let this cup pass from me. Frankly, I believe Jesus did not want to go to the cross. He did not want to go to the whipping post and get whipped and whipped. He did not want to go to the scourging, suffering, nailed to the cross, hang on the cross and die for us. But he said, "Not my will, but your will." Jesus stay committed. He followed through his commitment because he loved the Father and loved you so much that he stayed through all the suffering until he was able to say, "It is finished." He did not bail out in the middle of the suffering. You can see why love and commitment is so important. Because if you really love and you committed, you will follow through. What you promised people to do, Amen. Jesus endured the cross and suffered the shame. Unfortunately, a lot of people in this world today don't understand the word commitment. 
you are sitting right now here, you may say, "Oh, Pastor, I need this CD. I need this teaching. I need to give this teaching to my husband. He doesn't love me enough." Or some of you may say, "I need to get this CD to give to my care group leader or my brother in the same care group." Let me read this scripture to you: Romans chapter two, verse one. Therefore, you are inaccusable, O man, who. Ever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. When you judge other people, you are guilty of the same thing. When you judge other people that they don't love you, actually you don't love them. Is that right? So don't judge other people that they don't love you. When you see other people make mistake. You should not judge at all. You know why? Because number one, you know that you have been tempted, and you yield to the temptation before, and you know how tough to walk in victory. And you may say that, okay, pastor, I live a better life than that sister in the church. I'm much better than her. But if you're really better than her, you will find out that the reason you can be better because you depend on the grace of God, not because you are good. So, because of that reason, you should not judge anybody in the church or anybody in the world. Because when you judge people, you are condemned of the same thing. Now, another truth is this: you are not the one who tell people to love you. You are the one who are told by God to love them. Who gonna tell them to love you? God. So, even though people don't love you, don't show love to you, are not committed to you, you still are told by God to love them. You love people no matter what people do to you, because God tells you love people unconditionally. If the whole world can practice this, that we love one another even though they don't love us, we love people even though they don't love us, the world gonna be like heaven. Can we do that from now on? I give counseling to pastor all the time around the world because we plant many churches. The pastor asked me, "Oh, that leader really, really." Get on my nerve. You know what I say back in the email or Skype? Just love them. Just love them. Don't react. Just love. And a few days later, the email come back. Oh, yeah, it works. <laughs> That leader repented. We are called to love. That's why to love people is the greatest New Testament commandment. God says, "Love your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself." And the Bible says, "If you can walk in love, you fulfill all the commandments of the Old Testament and New Testament. The whole commandments in the Old Testament and New Testament can sum up with only two sentences: love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself." The whole Bible can conclude with only two laws. Do you notice one thing? God never say like this to us. Hey man, I created you. I give you the sunshine that you can have warm weather. I give you rain in Seattle. Some of you may not agree with that, but <laughs> I give you the next breath. I give you good things, but you never love me. I don't care about you anymore. I'm g o i n g to leave you alone. Is that the way God is? No, He loved me at the time I was His enemy. At the time, I put my fist up to God when I was a Buddhist man, and I said, "I don't believe in this God of Christianity." 
He still loved me, and he pursued me. He keep pursuing me. Send a lot of people to come to tell me the gospel. He never give up on me. He still have faith that one day I would turn around and still go after me and after me, day after day, night after night. He never stopped loving me, even though I did not love him at all. That is the way of God. We love people. We never stop loving people even though they don't love us back. And we still have faith that they will turn around one day. Amen? Amen. It is insulting to God to say to God that, God, where are you? You don't love me. He only showed his love to you. He sent his son to die for you. When I heard some Christian complain, he did not give me a job. He doesn't love me anymore. I want to shake their body and say, Hello, wake up! Jesus already died for you. Is that not enough? He loves you. Don't doubt the love of God. When you doubt the love of God, that's why you don't receive the blessing. Because you begin to insult God. And then you cut off yourself. You forfeit yourself out of the grace of God because you complain and blame God. You know what the, grace, the word grace means? You get what you don't deserve. Whenever you feel that you are entitled and you say, God, you must give this to me, you begin to tell God that, hey, God, I deserve it. And what happened? You missed the grace of God. You need to come to him with humility. Amen? Amen. Love, have commitment. Everyone say one more time, there is no love if there is no commitment. Some of you may say that, oh, how can I obey God? Easy. Get the Bible. Nowadays, we can check the Word of God in the iPhone or the smartphone. You have no excuse today that you cannot get the Word of God anymore. You can check the Bible words in the website. Amen? I thank God for this church. In the past 20-something years, this is a wonderful church. I want to thank God that we have so many brothers and sisters in this church who are so committed. They are there they are here with me and Pastor Da in a time of laughing and joy. They are with me and Pastor Da in a time of hardships, the down time, the up time. I and Pastor Da went through a lot in the past 20-something years, especially after we chose the file of God. We were rejected. People walked out of us. But some people in the church love us so much that they stand, they stay they stick, they committed, they see our weaknesses. Pastor and I are not mature many years ago. We were not mature. We were still young pastors. But they committed and wait for us to grow up. And we are growing up. We all grow up together in the church. That is why commitment is so important. Amen? In Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, this is the last scripture I want to read. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. This is a story of a man named Demas. How many people honor Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul wrote many books in the Bible. He was a man who went to the third heaven. He was so anointed. The Bible says, God performed unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And if God called you to join Paul's ministry, 
I believe you get excited. Wow! I can join such a great apostle. But you have to go through a long trip on the boat, get shipwrecked, get bitten by snake, and pray that you will not die. You get caught and sent to jail. You ran out of the city in the middle of the night because somebody gonna persecute you. Paul was a great minister. How many people believe that Jesus was a great, great minister? He performed miracle. He raised the dead. He stopped the wind. He walked on the water. But one man named Judas looked at Jesus as a man who had dirty feet like him, who had to eat because he was hungry, who had to sleep because he was tired, and he looked at the physical appearance and did not value the anointing in the life of Jesus. Demas did not value Paul either. He walked away from the ministry, even though he was one of the staff. Why? Because Demas and Judas loved something else more than God. They did not have commitment. My brother and sister, love and commitment will keep you in the bad time. When everything goes well in a ministry, in a church, when everything goes well in your marriage, you usually stay. But when things go bad, what's going to keep you? Love and commitment. How many people are still living in the flesh? Raise your hand up. If you don't raise your hand, I need to interview you. <laughs> are you still living in the flesh? You still have eyes? You still have mouth? You still hungry? You still have feelings? Do you think that we all, including the pastor, are tempted to sin? Are we tempted? Are we vulnerable to be tempted? What keeps you and me and young people from being defiled by sexual sin, from committing certain sin and yielding to the flesh? What keeps us from being defiled by sinful nature and the temptation of this world? I want to tell you, the love for God. And that love for God will help you to love brothers and sisters. And that love for God and for brothers and sisters will make you committed not to sin against your spouse, not to cheat brothers and sisters, not to yield to the temptation. That's why my job as a pastor is not to get you here for just socialization and to just enjoy fellowship. But my job is to help you to experience the goodness of God, to know your God, and pray that you will love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and you're going to walk in love, because love and commitment will keep you to the end. You will not walk away from Him. You will not betray your brothers and sisters. You will not yield to sin and the temptation that the devil tried to come against you. Amen? Everyone say, together with me, Lord, I love you more than my life. I love you more than my feelings. I love you, Lord, what my flesh wants. Lord, I'm committed. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to my family. I'm committed to my job. I'm committed to my church. 
I will not go by my feelings, but I will walk in love. I trust you, Lord. I believe you shall meet my needs. You will never forsake me. You will never leave me. I can trust you, and because you love me first, I love you as well. Every year goes by, Lord. Help me to know you more. Help me to love you more. May your Holy Spirit pour out the love of God into my heart, that I learn how to walk in love. I can develop the love life. Love the way you love. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only Son. Bring me your tired, you said. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek your Your glory.